And we're back. Um, we've kind of been doing this thing by happenstance where we've had on previous guests that, uh, you know, whether it was requested um, by some of our listeners or just Maddie and I loved um, having some conversations with them. Uh, and when we started doing this, you know, I've been calling this Guy Fieri's like fan favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first names Maddie said was we got to get Sara Singh back on. Um, it was just such an incredible uh-huh. conversation we had back in February and it's been an amazing, crazy year for Sarab. So welcome back. Um, we are thrilled to have you. Yeah. Thanks. I, Thanks for I, having me. I asked multiple times, I believe I was like, we got to get him back. Cause I knew you were, you know, wrapping up and you were crazy busy. And I was like checking out for when the tour was going to end. I was like, we got to get him back as soon as that's over just to chat. Cause we had such a blast last time. It was like such an easy conversation. We could have easily done two hours and it would have been maybe not the greatest listen for anybody, but it would have been a lot of fun to do it. So yeah, man, stoked for you for this year. And I'm glad to have you back on. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I, I feel, I feel honored to make the guy, Guy Fieri cut. Yeah. Easy. Best of. Yeah. And you're not even like that two minute segment, right. That he has where he does, no. you don't even get to see the full, uh, no, you get the whole show. All right. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a wild year for you. You've been touring, you know, we're following you on Instagram and you've been, whether it's Australia, you've been throughout Europe, um, traveling with Muna, um, and that's, you know, been a phenomenal tour. Tell us a little bit about the tour. Tell us a little bit about your travels. Like how, how has the year been? It's been awesome. It's, well, it, it's so crazy that like, even when you said Australia, I kind of forgot that was this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. For some reason, I, I, it's, uh, and even that we spoke, I was trying to remember when we spoke, but it was this year. I didn't know if it was even last year, but it's been, um, it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, you know, the, uh, Australia, first of all, was, was amazing for anyone who's, have you guys been down there before? No, no, no. Oh, it's so like it, I know people say, oh, you have to go there, but it is amazing. I mean, it's not like, like if you go to, uh, you know, Germany or Japan or something, you're kind of just like, whoa, everyone's speaking a different language or everyone. It's not like that because they all speak English and it's sort of is like another version of California or something or uh, but it is incredible. Culturally, it's amazing. And like the whole beach culture and there's just a feel to the place. But um, that was that was an incredible thing. We we did. I think it was like Muna's first headline show ever over there and it sold out in like a few minutes. And so, and it was kind of like a smaller, like a maybe thousand person room. And it was just very like the energy was kind of popping off because it was a smaller show for them. And, um, and then we did a bunch of uh, dates supporting Lord who's awesome. And, uh, nice. and I have, I have some like longtime friends in that camp and those shows are just really cool. Cause she's huge over there. Yeah. Um, and that that was kind of like, yeah, that's really how the year started. So we did that. And then we came back and it just started. What did we do after that? Oh, I think maybe we started getting ready for coach. I think we start. Yeah, oh, you know what? The first thing we did after it was like we had a break and then we had the and then we just like got I think we got like dropped into an era's tour show. Maybe I can't remember if that was like before. May. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that when that is that when it started? I don't I even, even remember. Know. This summer's been I, so wild. You're right. You know, it's been like a long one. It's been. I actually, you know, what? I think maybe we did. Maybe we did like. Did we do Coachella? Because we did Coachella too. It was sort of like a. There was just like a lot of 
sort of milestone types of things for for well for them and and for me too i i'd done coachella before but it was still like it felt kind of extra special doing it with them and then obviously there was all the taylor stuff that was like it, it was funny with that because i think there was one taylor show plopped like the first weekend that she opened the tour in dallas and we like we did like <clears throat> one of those yeah. and then and then we didn't do one again for like months so it was kind of like <clears throat> here's the like biggest show in the world and you're gonna do it and then you're <laughs> not gonna do it again for months and everybody was like what is that just <laughs> we just do that or did it not actually happen or what the hell just happened um yeah it was very surreal but it's so- been it's yeah well, I'm curious, like, right, both with Luna and obviously with Taylor, like, it's grown um, in terms of like when you were last out, probably touring. And I'm curious the changes both with Luna and yeah. um, and then you did the, the Reputation show. tour before, and then like yeah. how the vibe was different between both. Um, if you don't mind, kind of. Yeah, I mean, no, dude, that is it. That you know, and that's the thing that everyone, everyone I saw on the Taylor tour like mo- almost all the people that i i because when i did rep um I, the rep tip tour that was like an about an eight month thing and for that tour she had like the same openers for the whole tour it was yeah. charlie xcx yeah. who i was with and then camila cabello and so we were just and we you know i flew on the um we all flew on the on like the taylor plane not i mean she has her own jet but yeah. everybody else like the crew and band and everything are on this like really like beat up charter plane actually it's called swift air although That's although they perfect. don't own it i know as far as i know they don't own it but it's really it's really hilarious because you're like oh my god i'm gonna be on the like taylor swift plane and you get on there and you're like this thing is a piece of shit is yeah but it's still like... gotta be better than getting crammed into a plane with a bunch is. of randos right oh my god dude it is yeah and also you get the you guys have probably done this i'm sure some of your listeners have like the um you know those little like smaller airports where it's like a yeah. sort of a private a private yeah. plane and it, that is so much better and you just like walk right on and um so i kind of like i became close with a bunch of the people and a bunch of them were there this year so it was really fun to see all of them well, and she she mainly keeps all the same people but yeah talking to them and talking to even um some other friends that i have that had seen that tour about the differences was interesting i mean i do think that the era's tour obviously was like very awe-inspiring and it was three and a half hours long and it was it almost felt like watching a um kind of like a theater production like there's you know even as you walk along backstage i remember the first day that we were just kind of like walking through and everything it's you just see like set pieces everywhere and they do and those things kind of like a movie yeah like a movie or like a theater production and they kind of are like wheeled out and they did some they were kind of doing some really incredible things where some of that stuff like would like a tree would sort of open up from the middle of the stage and kind of blossom into like a big forest tree but then what they would do is the the uh the video wall and they always have like the latest kind of uh led wall technology very hyper real looking would would kind of like fill in the rest of the scene so you'd have like yeah. some practical effects on the stage which made it feel really three-dimensional and then the screen would have so like you know they always up the technology that they, they had amazing i mean they had amazing tech on the last one too but uh but this one you know that they, they're able to push it forward it's five years further down so like technology has advanced more but i will say as a show i think like the 
this show was very long and drawn out and she hit all the different albums. And so that it wasn't just like banger, 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 banger. It was kind of, yeah. there were the more acoustic folky thing and folky things. So it was sort of like it, it kind of moved and, and meandered in a good way. Reputation was shorter and just that record was a really hard hitting kind of pop record. Yeah. So it, I think and it kind of depends what your taste is, which one you would prefer. I think Eras is probably more awe-inspiring, but I think maybe as a fan of her music, I might have actually liked the Reputation tour more. Not to knock the uh, yeah, Eras tour at all, but just different, yeah. Those those sets are so elaborate, and I know it's like one of those dumb questions you ask if you don't live in this world, but it's like, how the hell do they move that stuff all around the world? Like I know. It's so yeah. elaborate, those sets. And like, how much time do they even have to set those up from place to place a day or I two? Know. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, I think they, I think honestly, it probably takes like a week. And what they do yeah. is they have, uh, they have like an, an A rig and a B rig. They had basically right. like A, B Start. and like C and a half. Yeah. So they had um, one full for the next city and then they had a half rig for the city after that. And basically uh, when the, when the tour was happening, football season was not happening not so happening. most of those stadiums were Empty. were open that's why usually like you know obviously like she would never be touring in like the fall and stuff like yeah. that you know you'll never see a tour like that same with yeah. same with beyonce i think it's too big uh, and you can't do those anywhere but a stadium you can't do them anywhere but a stadium yeah yeah that's and cool. they're in they're in um i think they're in south america now yeah there, there was sort of talk about a little bit of talk about us doing the europe run this year but um but they it didn't happen she's got i think paramore maybe oh okay um, yeah which is awesome i mean she put so many people on like you were mentioning earlier all the acts that she has open for her over the years yeah. and I'm, i i don't know how you quantify this and i'm sure you guys have and i'm sure this is a conversation that's been had but like i would imagine the band is like seeing an uptick too in interest just I've noticed people, I go to shows and there's somebody opening I've never heard of before. And then I just start listening yeah. to that music. That's kind of organically how it happens. So does this yes. open up, this must open up more doors too for you, right? Like it's, it's putting you in a spot where there's now more opportunity for you because of that exposure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, all of their, I was, t I saw the, I saw the three, uh, Munas last night, the three yep. of them. And I was talking to, um, one of them about, I, they each have like over a hundred thousand Instagram followers now. When I met yeah. them, they had like, you know, the band had less and then each of them individually had less. And I think after the Taylor stuff, yeah, I mean, people just, you know, they research everything all about yeah. the band. They're fast. So they have grown. Their numbers grew a lot. Um, you know, it, it, it's not like it's not I think maybe back in the 90s, it was it, I, I think in, you know, when we were growing up, everything was it was the only way. It was. Yeah, it was the only way. And everything was more deliberate. Like in the 90s, like if you'd see a band on David Letterman it would it would that one thing would be like really significant for that artist and and yeah. the way the landscape is now like you could do snl or or a late show or something and it's still meaningful and it does help your like your guarantees a lot booking agents can use it to get you other press but it's not like oh we've done this thing and now we've made it and it's and it's the same with opening slots they used to i think they used to be a little bit more meaningful obviously yeah. opening for taylor is like a very unique one because what she does is she she really promotes the artists it's they're a really big part of the experience so even for us yeah. doing the shows the minute we show up the crew is like as soon as they're done handling their sound check they're just 
they just want to make sure that we sound great, that that our thing is looking great. Like it's yeah. not just it's not like, oh yeah, like no one cares about you. We're just here for Taylor. Like you do whatever you want. Like they really, you know, her parents are always her dad comes out for sound check and he's you know, he they all just care that the show from like the minute people walk in till the minute they leave is like is really high level and really good. And yeah. Um, so it's unique. Other acts that I won't say their names that I've done, I've opened well, for like with with Muna or with other people. They're they're just you know sometimes they don't care or the crews don't care. You're an afterthought, yeah. So yeah. you know the Taylor thing is really special in that regard. Yeah, and that's kind of like what everybody you know how it is with like sports stars, like athletes, celebrities, musicians. There's the behind the curtain version of them. And then there's the version that the world sees. Yeah. And I feel like she is one of those people who you kind of get the same version in both spots, just like a genuinely pure, kind, yeah, thoughtful person. And I don't know that you can say that about the vast majority of people who find fame because obviously it corrupts you, but I mean, yeah. did you get did you get some opportunities to to spend any time with her on tour? Dude, I, like, no, I did. You know, that was a big difference between the last one when you guys asked so that. Yeah, like so the the rep tour, it was it it felt like it felt like obviously she was big and she was a superstar, but it it there wasn't like a frenzied craziness. This one had this like crazy, yeah frenzied feeling to it and and you know she wasn't even around so like they would wheel her to stage it kind of went i think it went on tiktok or whatever in the boxes um, yeah. in the box yeah and like a cleaning supply closet and yeah. you know the first few times it rode by us i didn't notice and then i i didn't see it but somebody i was with like saw her pop out of it yeah. and they were like oh my god she like goes in that i think it was like in dallas like the very first show and the on rep she would they didn't really do any of that i mean she yeah. she she was very fond of charlie who i was i was playing with so she would come in our green room and just kind of like hang out and she watched the world cup with us and um i mean she's so sweet i saw her parents all the time this time and last time too her dad's always kind of just like hanging around being like a larry david character yeah um, but yeah no, he's a great guy they're all so great but she was like this one she was definitely kind of sectioned off and she wasn't you know the Munas the Munas spent some time with her and she was she gave them like really beautiful gifts and like really hand like handwritten notes at each show and she's you know she's just a she's a good she's from Lancaster Mike yeah right I know I know, you know. yeah they're all like they're like the Eagle, yeah, yeah they're Eagles fans and even when I talk to her dad he's like a Merrill Lynch he's a, like yeah. a Philly investment banker guy and he's yeah. like oh yeah like our whole family's from Philly and so they just there is a they feel like they're from the main line, which is yeah, like yeah. you know where Mike yeah. and I we grew up and the Kellys, uh, Joe Kelly and, and oh, yeah, we used to take me to Lancaster to like the the pretzel factories. So oh, yeah, um, it's it's big there. But make good pretzels there. So yeah, you know you guys are are kind of winding down, or you've mm-hmm. you've you know completed the Munator. Um, and we were talking a little bit backstage about now it's like getting back into the studio, creating again. Um, is there like a what? What's the difference in terms of like your focus? And is there a different type of you know action that you're going through as a drummer too? Right? Like, are you trying different things? Are you, or is it more habitual? Like, I'm curious to sort of get your mindset when you're thinking about creating versus you know touring. Yeah. yeah to, well, you know it. That's a good question. Well, you know, I will say so for the 
for Muna, so it's a band, but the band is really the three of them. Yeah. So when they and like I'm like a touring member. So when they make a record, it's usually just the three of them. This is the first record they'll have been making since I started playing with them. So okay. they, they they are gonna they are gonna have me play on it and stuff like that. But the Sweet. way that they the way that like a band like this makes a record versus the way that a band like when we were growing up makes a record is that like things, you know, back at that point, like, you know, like <laughs> Stone Temple Pilots or I don't know, whatever yeah, bands are yeah. popular when we were in high school, it was like, you know, you'd get you'd all just go in the studio and and play and record takes, you know. And uh and I think, you know, nowadays the process of making a record is so different because so especially with a band like Muna, so much of the sound is electronic and it's like a digital kind of sound. That they sort of are in a really kind of similar to a lot of taylor's music actually like it's kind of a good example of some of it's like pop country some of it's more dance oriented so like there'll be edm elements but then you still will hear like acoustic guitars and and you'll hear live drums sometimes too so i think for this next record they are i don't know you know it's hard to say what direction they're gonna want to go in but i think if i had to guess they'll do more of what people love about them which is like if you go to a Muna show you you'll kind of catch a few different vibes like part of it will sound like the Dixie Chicks and yep. part of it will sound like a really more shiny type of like electronic like pop element. Yeah. which is on our summer playlist my daughter oh, wore that song out um, that's so cute I know and that's like such a night that's kind of a 90s throwback really yeah. it's kind of like kiss me or something like that you know um, six months on the richer but uh so, yeah. you know, so as far as my involvement with them, you know, I'm not sure what the process is that they'll want to do. I know Naomi, who produces it, had mentioned wanting to sort of like our, you know, our band, ha- when we play with, uh, you know, our bass player, who's also like me, a, a sort of touring guy. When when we when the two of us play with the three of them, there is sort of like a sound that has happened at this point that people yeah. really like. So part of it, you know, I think part of the plan is to like record something akin to what we do when we play live and kind of mm-hmm. capture that and then see you know they can see where it goes and then they can manipulate and process it but then i i imagine part of it will also be very right. deliberate where like you know they'll they might record me or the bass player doing like kind of an isolated particular thing that they'll then sort of slot into a like a like a beat that's already been halfway made or something like that you know there's kind of like it's 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 an amazing time with um with music production where there's a lot of different ways to get to an end result like you can sort i mean taylor is a good example of it too not to keep coming back to her but it's sort of like some stuff is she's kind of fascinating because of like such as like what a genre chameleon she's become yeah and what you really see in the eras tour because and the crossovers she's done like she's done stuff with like massive like didn't she do a bunch of stuff with future like she crosses the spots where like yeah exactly yeah yeah i always forget that there's a future verse on uh on one of those on one of those Uh, it's a big reputation i think it is but yes it is that's exactly right damn maddie with the I know. She, it's a good song. Good, it is a good. She puts out good music. Listen, we talked. She about, does. Gibby has mentioned multiple times about our conversation around guilty pleasures. Now they're just pleasures. So that's true. Sarah, yeah. you coined it. We did a whole like 
favorite yeah. TV show. We credited you. We would normally call guilty pleasures. And we did like a draft. We did like a tournament. Um, and they were just my pleasure shows. And so uh, there's <laughs> is that something yeah. I, is that something I said? Yeah. You said it. Oh, wow. if, if you That's and funny. you know, you're too modest and humble to do this, <laughs> but if you were to Google yourself. Um, you could probably find the clip of that. And I think um, it's oh, one wow. of the clips. We clipped one of them. Yeah. Cause it was good. Uh, oh, good wow. Content. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was just my pleasure. And I think, <laughs> I think the office yeah. won it, but uh, law and order SVU came in second. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Uh, Damn. Um, we, we won't talk about all the shows that were listed there. There, there are some ones that might be guilty pleasures, but yeah, um, <laughs> um, so I'm I'm curious too, like when you're out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I know I asked you this last time, but like, there has to be like a I am playing in front of fifty thousand people. Whether and in Australia, is there a time when you like have over this last year where you've pinched yourself or you're like I cannot yeah. actually believe this? I'm I'm shaking to a degree. Oh, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Taylor shows that that's, you know, look, I always feel that to a, it. It's never it's never lost on me. I mean, maybe there's a few years in my like in my 30s where or like early 30s where it was, you know, I was just like, yeah, like this is what's supposed to happen or some yeah. stupid thing like that. But now at 41, it's it's not lost on me. Yeah. Like how cool of a thing it is just just to even just to even be out there um doing it on on any stage honestly yeah. but the taylor stuff obviously was like a you know with with how big the whole thing felt like before that basically before you know the way the like run of show works for that day is like you sound check and then you do catering and all that and then a few hours go by and you kind of like get ready for the show and you kind of like by the time that you go back out on the stage like it's like the doors are open and they have the intermission music and it's like it's like, and now it's showtime, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so curtain. once you, well, curtain, and once you get back and, and what you do is, you know, when you're ready and you get dressed, you get kind of like carted to the stage and you're walking to the stage and there's like all these crew and all these people. And like, they all know that you're like, you know, one of the people you've got your in-ears in. It's like, they know you're about to play. And so as you're walking onto the stage, like you're kind of on the side and there's like a guy with a headset and he comes over and he's like, five minutes, everyone, five minutes. And it's like, it's pretty, that's when you're just like, oh, damn, this yeah. is about to happen. And yeah. you just look out and you see all those people. And some of those stadiums are so like the the one in, which one was really, oh, Denver is like, yep. it's built really high up. And yep. so some of them, when they're like that, you're just like, whoa, mama, that's high up there. And yeah. you start looking around and then like, you know, they're just like 10 seconds and they're, you know, they're about to do it. And definitely you, you, I mean, I, I have routine, I just disassociated for a handful of them. Cause I was just like, yeah. it's like too much and I can't even handle just it. Just relying on instincts at that point. Yeah. Oh my gosh, completely. And then at the end, you're just like, did that happen? What yeah. happened? I think it happened. Um, but I definitely, you know, it, obviously for sure I pinched myself and I, you know, one thing that was, that was really funny was I didn't like. I, since since the band is the three Munas, sometimes I just think like, oh, like because there's these huge screens and these camera right. and these camera guys, they you know they're filming the thing, and I'm like, oh, they're not going to show me. I'm like not technically in the band, and I'm just a drummer. But like, man, after the very first show, I didn't realize it, but I just saw pictures and videos, and someone told me after they're like, dude, they keep cutting back to you, 
And I think the reason is that like on those big things, they often cut to the drummer because the, 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 everyone's running around so much. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, you guess. Yeah. They just like, I'm not. So it's like when they need to like, they when they in. lose everybody and they just lock back into the drummer and it's also very visual and right. you can see it. So they kept cutting back to me and I kind of, it took me a little bit to re I got this guy. Uh, do you guys know Noah Khan or Noah Kahan? Yeah. He's from, like big... uh, he's from like the next town over from where I'm at. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is in, are you, you're he's, near Bo Boston? So I'm near Boston. Yeah. He's just, yeah. he's just, I think he's from either Watertown or okay. it's like one of those towns, right? I'll have to look it up, but he's from right around here. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like he, that he kind of feels like he would be from New England a little bit. Yeah. Um, he was at one of the shows and he would just like took a selfie and we were playing and the selfie he took, I was like, you know, just some like ridiculous, like picture yeah. he's up on the big yeah. screen. And I had so many friends message me after they're like, yo, you're a Noah Khan story or whatever. I didn't even really know who he was. And I was like, I don't know who that is. But then I was like, oh, my God, he's got like millions of followers. But, you know, they just so I had to remind myself at a certain point. I was like, you're nervous, but don't look nervous because the camera keeps showing. Because at first I was like, they're not the showing more me. You, I can... The more you're thinking about it. the more Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's kind of like when you're doing something, you know, you shouldn't be doing out in the world and you assume everybody's watching you do it, but nobody's paying any attention. Nobody's to paying you. attention. But then on that thing, I was like, no, they keep showing me up there. You were and, jamming. Uh, it's they like, to yeah. See it. <laughs> um, but no, my, I, you know, I do. I definitely I pinched myself with those shows and, and all the shows like we, you know, we just did two uh headlining shows at the at the greek theater here in la which was which which is like a really beautiful mm. venue yep. and it's kind of like in the woods and and for any anybody that like lives in la or has come out here to see music it's it's a very like iconic and sort of important it's kind of like a rite of passage if you live in la and i'd, I'd played box. it check the box i'd played it before with a few other people but it, it felt very special doing it with these guys and and um and for sure, that was like a pinch the moment thing. And my niece got to come and my mom was there and my dad was there and my brother and my sister-in-law. It was like a very, sure. it was very cool to, yeah. And they, and you know, they love, they love the band and stuff like that. So it was really, it was, it was very special, you know. That's awesome. I was wrong on Noah Kahan. He's from Vermont. I'm thinking of somebody oh, else. Oh, gotcha. Well, who. that's not too far though. I mean, that's the no. same. Yeah. Yeah. Is your dad still doubling back on the catering, the buffet? Um, at the shows or, or... My, oh my gosh good memory holy smokes dude it's funny you ask that mike because yes he so at the greek they have like a really beautiful backstage and i forgot that they even had catering and he and he walked in there was like chicken wings and this and that and he just made a damn beeline for it and then he my mom and i were sitting in the back while the openers were on and um he just disappeared at some point she's like i don't know where your dad went and I, I immediately was like, I mean, dude, you know where he went. Like you've been married yeah. to him for like forever. And I walked back into the room and there he was just like, his chicken wings are like really good. I'm like, damn, dude, slow down, man. Damn. I'm yeah. not sure I could hold up either. Cause it's just like, yeah. I actually, I, there's, um, I have a friend who went to high school with the dude who manages Revolution, the band Revolution. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like a reggae band? It's like a reggae rock band, yeah. They yeah. opened a lot for like They're Slightly cool. Stupid. It's like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, And there was a show many, many years ago I went to here in Boston at the Harbor that they got us in. It was me and another friend. We went backstage and got to kind of experience a very small version of this. But it's like another world back there. You just hang out. There's food. There's drinks. There's like anything you want. Like you, you go to shows 
traditionally to like watch the show but then i feel like when you're a part of the actual experience backstage yeah you're it's sort of like a carnival you're just floating around there's like so many things you can do like there's tour buses in the back where guys are playing dominoes like there's just tons of stuff going on and like yeah you're used to being that was the one thing i was like i'm here to see this show i'm locked in on the show but that was very much like a small version of i think what you're describing it's like there's just so much you can get into that isn't even the show oh yeah and it's like i mean listen who doesn't love free food and free booze? I, mean, Check. Check. I know I do. That's yeah. that's yeah. Across, across the board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I respect his universally word. loved. <laughs> universally <laughs> loved, yeah. Um what was my question? I was thinking about all the free food and booze. I got excited. Um, <laughs> but um yeah, in terms of like upcoming shows or as you're going into next year, are there things that like if you have on a bucket list like um whether it's you know it, coachella like there's burning man there are these festivals is there a show or a venue that is on your list of like i really really want to play there at some point let me think you know i mean the one place like i so i would we did we did madison square garden yeah. uh like maybe a month and a half ago I and mean, when we were opening but it was still we had done it we had done it once before when we were opening for Casey Musgraves, but that yep. was, we were first of three and we were, it was kind of like not that cool. And we were sort of an afterthought. And then um, not because of Casey, she's wonderful, but just the way that that show went and stuff like that. But the, this last one that we did, we were like direct support for a band called boy genius who are like mm. doing really well right now. And so we, that was amazing. Cause that was like, that sort of, it really felt like we played like a proper set. We had our production design. We had our lighting designer there. They really gave us, um, you know, and I grew up a huge Fish fan. So like I'd seen Fish in MSG and that was just very rad to just be on that stage and feel kind of some of that. Um, I kind of, so I did get to check that that off. Um, I, I think the only venue that it would be cool to like really rock properly in like a meaningful way would be the Hollywood Bowl, which... Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to do. I went and saw um, my friend plays drums with Sting. So I got to see him do that recently. And I went to um, the Death Cab for Cutie Postal Service, like 20 year. Uh, they they did like a 20 year tour kind of because Transatlanticism and um, Give Up, which are both like meaningful records for both of those both of those projects it they hit their 20 year thing so i went to that show and it was very it was very cool to be there and it sounded so good it's it's a really beautiful sounding venue so that is something i would love to do i mean for muna if they continue on the level they're at that would that would be the next stop for them i mean that's a that's a barely actually it's not they 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 kind of sold about 14 maybe 12 or 13,000 tickets for this last Greek show. So I think the next album cycle they do, I'm, I imagine they might take a shot at, at the Hollywood bowl. Oh, but, so um, do you, that's actually, yeah. I have a question about that now that you mentioned that. So when booking these venues like that one, for instance, which is obviously iconic, is it a popularity thing? Is it like how many tickets can you actually sell? Like, is that coming yeah. to play? Like, do you have to cross a certain threshold before that venue will consider you to play? Yeah. That? Yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's that the whole like booking, booking agents. So they're with, um, you know, all these, like every musical act that you go to see has a, yeah. has a booking agent. It's usually yeah. like the agency group or William Morris or CAA, a lot of the same yeah. agencies that represent actors. 
Um, so actually, it's literally all the same agencies that represent actors. So, but uh, they do factor in all that. They look at what they look at is they usually look at past tours, and they see numbers. I think they probably yeah. see tickets sold, and I I imagine they they also look at how many actually showed up because now post COVID, right? That that's sort of a big thing too. And then because that also impacts like al- you know alcohol sales. Oh, true. Like, merch and like all that and, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And all these venues, they take a pretty big cut of the merchandise, which is sort of a a kind of a thing that most artists don't really feel too good about. Some of them take like, you know, like 25 percent, something pretty high. And and most of these artists, they, you know, you really the merch is a pretty big. Yeah, they're already taking so much of the like they're taking all the food and beverage and a big chunk of the ticket. Like, yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, you need the venue and, and sure. you know, for any of your listeners who work at a venue or anything like that. No, no, yeah. no disrespect for sure. I get it. But no, it, no, no, it, no. we don't have any. No, we don't <laughs> want them anyway. <laughs> but yeah, they do look at all that for sure. And then, you know, yeah. and then as it as it's coming, they'll look at, you know, if you just release a new album, they'll they'll kind of they probably have other maybe other metrics that I don't know about, although. Yeah there's only a handful that are really available, like your streaming numbers and your prior sales and things like that. And then they get a sense of just, they also, I think, look at like what your PR team is capable of because yeah. so much of tickets. In terms of promoting and exactly getting the word out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had, we had a guest on last week with band of heathens. You were telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so cool, so cool. And, and gracious too, in terms of, you know, I asked the question uh, around like what artists he saw on tour this year. I'm curious um, if there are any artists, whether it's new music that you've you know stumbled across in the past year, whether it's on tour or it's just on your Spotify hit list um, or, you know, musicians that um, you've been, you know, really a big fan of over the years, but are listening to more frequently. Um, yeah. As well, as far as just like what I saw that I loved, probably my favorite artist that I sort of fell in love with on the tour was was the act playing right before us on the Taylor tour. Her name is Gracie Abrams, uh, and she's actually been nominated for Best New Artist for for the Grammys. Oh, wow. And um, I had a few friends who were, who played in her band, so I was kind of like keyed in on it anyway. But I hadn't heard her music, so I didn't know how amazing she really was. And you know, she's her dad is jj abrams and so like, yep. people kind of i think people weren't you know you you kind of sometimes at least out here in la it, it that can that can go either way where people are like oh you know they're only popular because they're it's the backlash right yeah but the thing is she's she is in addition to being the, the kindest most beautiful person she inside and out she's her music's amazing she's just an absolutely breathtaking songwriter and performer and um totally mesmerizing and so i loved them um there was this other guy i'm trying to think of i'm trying to see if i can pull up what his uh he was a blues guitar player and i was at bonnaroo i'm trying let me see what his name was i'll never find it i'll never find it it's um he had a nickname and i've already forgotten it We'll find um, it for you. We'll do the okay. research. We'll do yeah, I'll don't let it. I'll let it. and awing. But he was... We got nothing he, but time. He had this awesome nickname, and I just was walking around, and I watched his set, and I was and I was sending it. I took video and sent it to a friend of mine who's a guitar player, and I was like, dude, this guy's insane. He was like, oh, that's like 
whatever. I want to say like Stingray. It's a, his name was something That's like that. That's a pretty cool name. It I'm is a cool that. name. <laughs> Let's it, give him that was... other way once we find him. <laughs> he was amazing. Um, there was a super cool band that played after us when we played in Mexico that I really liked. They're called Always. I think they're nominated for a Grammy too this year. Um, but they're super cool. I mean, left to my own devices, I listen to a lot of like, I listen to a lot of like jazz fusion stuff, kind of like yeah. geekier stuff that inspires me a lot as like a composer and a drummer and things like that. So I'm not, I haven't even been keeping up that as much this year with new stuff, but you're right. Like when you're out doing shows, you do, especially at festivals is when right. you really see stuff. Cause you, you don't even necessarily know. And you're just like, what's this band? And, yeah. and, and often they're, they're really good. There's so much good music. There's just there's, like, there's a lot right now. I there's know. a lot right now. Do you feel like this is a hard question to answer, but you'd be close enough to it to potentially know. Do you feel like this is some sort of like a golden age for music as a whole, or are we kind of on the same trajectory that music has always been on? I think it, I think it is. I mean, you know, I think they say that a lot about TV and film, right? Mm -hmm. That, that because of streaming. So I think it's the same thing with, I do think it's the same thing with music. I think a big part of that is because access. it used to be, Access. Yeah. It used to be Some that you had to. Yes, exactly. You used to have to go into a studio and uh, and now you don't. You can just have yeah. like a full studio in your backpack on your laptop. And so that has really changed everything. And uh, I mean, you can buy like a, a DAW digital audio workstation for a couple hundred bucks and you can make like a number one song if you know what you're doing. Yeah. So. Uh, I do. I do think so. I, I, you know, I think that there's, I think, you know, I have decades like late seventies and eighties is sort of my favorite, my favorite decades of music. Mm -hmm. uh, not just cause I'm a 40 something, but I think, yeah. you know, a lot for, for some of the, even some of the Munas who are all like 30, I think like we have that in common. There was a, the eighties were a really special time because it was, um, actually Questlove said this, it, it like, they were kind of the most important decade, whether or not you agree with it. Uh, it like stylistically, it was yeah. the decade where the advent of synthesizers and technology and music came about yeah. and uh, drum machines. And so many elements and, of songs now come from that, too. It's still, even though it's all shifted, you know, like you can have a virtual version. It's called a VST, a yeah. virtual version of an analog synthesizer, a hardware based synthesizer. But it's still the the sort of the architecture of it and the way that the synthesis and the processing works is the same way it worked when you were on an analog piece of hardware. So even though now everything is laptop based and all the hip hop that you hear, all those electronic elements um, are just made on a laptop and Fruity Loops or Ableton Live or something like that. The the essence of what it is is all still based off of like rolling drum machines that were made and that were pioneered in the eighties. So, yeah. um, and I just love the songwriting from that era and uh, like just kind of tonally the way a lot of that music sounds, but there is still so much amazing stuff being made now. I just yeah. tend to gravitate back towards that part of it's just nostalgia, but, uh, oh, man, I do think it's a golden nostalgia. age. Yeah, me I mean, too. Right. You know, music is tied to memories and mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is. Yeah. How people associate, you know, a lot of their choices with what they like and what they I like. saw something the other day. There was some like Jordan Peterson type fella out there who was saying nostalgia is weakness. And I was very angry about that. It made me oh, wow. No, yeah. I don't. 
Oh, well, I then I'm very, that. very weak. I'm Same. a weak, weak I, yeah, man. I know. Same. Same. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't have reached out to Sarab or Sarab after, uh, and I'm still using the previous oh, pronunciation. But, say say yeah. anything you want. After, you know, 30 years because of nostalgia. But um, so, you know, a couple questions, too, that I, I want to ask before we have to wrap up. One, I know you're an Eagles fan. Mm. Are we turning it around? Um, no, I mean, I knew you guys were going to ask about that. Or are you going to defect and just be a Chiefs fan now? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? It is It is true. I feel like every Eagles fan, because of Andy Reid, has a little bit of a of a soft yeah. spot. There's a lot there. of parallels now. There's, yeah. I will say, I think that, I think that I was just watching first take this morning and I was watching mm-hmm. those guys. So I do think that Mahomes and uh, and Andy Reid both kind of overreacted about that oh, thing yeah. that happened yesterday. Yeah. Dude, it's two yards off sides. Dude, yeah, it's kind of like, guys, you're being babies. Yeah, you're baby. a pro. You should be on sides. Yes, you should be on sides. Yeah, and suck it up like you lost the game. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think and that they was won that move. Super Bowl last year because of a terrible call at the end of the game on pass interference that really wasn't. Oh, so, right. Right. You know, it all yeah. comes around. It does all come around. And, you know, as far as the Eagles go, I, I felt all year that they're kind of overrated. Um, don't don't hate me if you're an Eagles fan. It's I do. Okay. Love, I'm an publish. Eagles fan. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. What'd you say? We won't publish this part. <laughs> yeah, we don't publish Gibby when he's ranting about the Broncos. So we can obviously <laughs> scrub that for you if you need us to. That's it. You know what, Mike? I always remember that you were an Elway fan, I feel like. Oh, I man. still am. You still, because I remember when, because you, I think I told you this last time, but you were always quarterback when we would play those games on the, um, at recess at Valley Forge. And you were all, you'd like call people out and stuff, but I think I always remember you were like channeling Elway. I I tried to throw across my body, but I think I was four foot two at the time. So you were. He's still doing it in the backyard with the kids. Nothing. Oh, yeah. um, Sam has to, you know, uh, run to the left side of the field while I'm running right and try to connect on the 80 yard bomb. It doesn't That's work. So fun. That's so funny. Um, I know. I. I mean, look. I think the Eagles are. I think they're just. I think people thought they were better than they were, and they've been showed up by like a couple of good. You know, the Niners and are looking yeah. amazing. I'm. I'm. I'm digging the Niners and the Cowboys. I know I'm not supposed yeah. to like the Cowboys, but I got to say, like, I like Dak, yeah. and they're a fun team to watch. And I agree. So you know, I'm not a big Chiefs. I mean, it's you know the Taylor thing is hilarious with Kelsey and all that stuff's really it fun. And yeah, and they're always fun to watch. Mahomes is like you know totally mesmerizing. But they've done yeah. it. They've done it twice already. They've like twice. Give a little break. Like let the 49ers, Eagles. I'm kind of rooting for the Eagles this year, but definitely uh, always rooting for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then uh, Eagles Broncos could be tough for you. I don't think we're getting there. Well, no, no, no. Um, no. until we get there, but. Um, and then last question, like you've got hopefully a little bit of time off. Anything that you're yeah. looking to do for yourself, like doing, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like when you get off tour, you must be like, holy crap, I'm exhausted. I need to sleep for like three days. Or how does it look for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's kind of everyone has like such a different process. I'm one of those people where I rest, but then I weirdly go back into the practice room because I I always have like a burst of creativity as a drummer because it's like when you're a touring um musician you you kind of like you play the same sort of set of music every night and it's very like locked in and i love having the freedom to just kind of play anything i want and work on I, i also always come back from tour like you know spotting a lot of like weaknesses and things that i like feel like i could really improve upon like in my off season as it were it's very similar to sports but um 
So that, yeah. and then uh, I've been like working on, I, I'm, I like composing a lot. So there's a lot of sort of harmony, uh, harmony and theory kind of stuff that I'm um, working through right now. Uh, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of it at the moment. And of course it's the holidays. So I'm trying to like enjoy yeah. the fact that it's the holidays, but that's kind of it for the moment. You know, I've got to figure out, um, some other projects to get into and stuff when the, when the year starts. And there, you know, there's a couple of other little things that have, that are sort of po poking around. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but it's mainly that and then trying to stay healthy too. And like, you know, stretch and, and, uh, keep my body like limber. Mm. especially at this age you know stuff from over 41 hey um, you know yeah, what though tougher. stretching it so i learned that you can you do more for yourself at this age by just stretching and keeping everything wow. sort of like working than actually going and trying to build muscle like you're going to do more for yourself because wow. of how easy it is to injure yourself if you're not so i know that yeah. was exciting to hear because stretching is an easy exercise i like that it feels it just feels it feels good too yeah. my body's just like i like that yeah yep it's cool that you said, um, you know, you like to get right back into the studio when you get back to, because I think Ed Journey said something similar to us. He said, like, the gift is the work when you do something like this, when you're an artist, like the gift and the value you get out of your time is that you get to keep, keep going working. with it. You get to keep working yeah. and building, which is a really cool mindset. It sounds like that's an artist mindset for sure. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good way that he put it. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. It's, sir, it's, sorry. Yeah. This is absolutely fantastic. Thank you yep. so much. I Yeah, it's great to see you, man. We started this, Maddie and I started this a year and a half ago almost. And the hope was that we would sit down with people that we, you know, wanted to catch up with, hear some interesting stories, um, hear their story in worlds that we don't necessarily know about. And mm -hmm. um, the fact that we've gotten to catch up over, you know, two hours, 30 years after probably the last time oh we've seen gosh. you. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is a real treat. And it's something, uh, you know, I know our fans were, um, or our fans, our listeners were like, they're both synonymous. Was probably, <laughs> they were like, it was probably my favorite show you guys have done so far. And Aww. I was like, really? So Thanks, uh, people love listening to your stories and, and uh, hearing from you. So um, thank you for being gracious enough with your time. And, yeah, man. Thank you. Keep making, keep making those stories. We need them. They're fun to hear <laughs> talk about. Oh, well, yeah, hopefully I have something interesting to tell you the next time. We'll you see. always do. You <laughs> always do. And if not on otherwise, like I said to Gibby way back when we first did this, like just chatting, hanging out with you is more fun than even having a plan for anything that we're talking uh, about. Like, it's just cool to chill. So it's great thanks, to see guys. you thriving and it's good to see you back again. Oh, thanks, guys. I feel the very same. So thank great. you. Thanks, man. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you.